starting from the Mishnah, <coughs> a few lines down here. The Mishnah talks about today, when, uh, when an ox scores a person, we saw when it's a muad, it pays gophers. And the Mishnah says, Shoshan goes out to amaze, but the ox scores a person, he dies. So muad, if the ox became muad, Mishalim kofar, it pays gophers. But Tom, but if it was just the Tom, Patrimon kofar, it's Patrimon kofar, meaning the whole, it's not shot that you pay half. Down of the Mishnah holds that a Tom is completely um, exempt from kofar. But in both cases, both the Tom and the Mu'ad have to be put to death. Meaning the Torah says that when an animal puts, uh, when an animal kills a person, that the, the animal should be killed. Now, the obvious question is, if we're saying that every animal that kills should be put to death, so how do I ever get an animal that becomes Mu'ad to kill people, right? It should have been put to death after one. So that the Gemara will deal with. The same is for a boy and the same is for a girl. Meaning it doesn't make a difference what age the victim was that the ox kills. The ox is always stoned. And the ox is mood is going to pay kofar. If the ox scores a slave or a slave woman, what's the halacha? He gets stoned. And that's what the Pasuk says. And in addition to that, the owner has to pay. That's a fine. It's a knas. It's not. It's a little bit different than kofar. It's interesting that there's very interesting Lashon HaRambam. Lashon HaRambam is that the 30 shekel that the Torah says you have to pay to the owner of the slave is the kofar of the slave. Meaning the Ramah learns is one din. You pay kofar for the killing of a person. Normally you say the value, the value, what value we learned yesterday, to me mazak, to me nizak, whatever it is on the slave market. But by the slave, the Torah is saying there's a flat 30 sela um, or shekel fine which you pay. And it doesn't make a difference whether the slave is really worth a hundred or only worth a single dinner. That's always the way kanas works. It's just a flat fee and we're not looking at the value. All right, very simple, straightforward halachas. We're always killing the ox, but if it becomes a muad, so then it pays kofar as well to the victim. So the says, If the Mishnah establishes that we kill the ox when it's a tam that kills, how, do you ever, how does it ever progress to become a muad? The case is that they were able to assess that it would have killed three people, meaning there were three times where an ox is charging at a person and trying to kill that we assessed from the experts who were on scene happens to be that the people were able to slip at the last slip out from the last second and they and and and, and save their lives but uh all the people on board you know on, on scene say that if not for what that had been that they had been saved themselves the ox would have killed them so i guess you know it's a certain speed a certain position of the horn i don't know exactly how they're able to make such a determination but they're able to. So the ox didn't actually kill anyone, so we're not going to put it to death. But this attempted murder is certainly an indication of what its nature is. What its nature is, the aggressiveness in its, in its nature. So therefore, it's treated to become a muad as if it has killed, even though certainly we're not going to kill it. So that's, if it did that three times, now it's a muad, but it's still alive. So as the Gemara, no, that's not true. I love the Gemara. The Gemara's simplicity in the way it responds. Assessment is nothing. Meaning until it kills, that's nothing. You can't, you can't make an animal mood for killing from a, a guess that it would have killed had the, had the victim not fled. Ella rather be different It wounds three people in a mortal way, and they all eventually die after the third goring. So we're not going to put the ox to death right away because at the time that it gored, hadn't yet died. But after the third incident, now all the three people end up dying. So now we retroactively realize that the ox is the thing that killed all of them. And therefore, the owner is going to pay kofar now for the third person. Rashi said the third person, just to clarify, that's Rashi Shita always, that on the third one itself, you pay. Toysus holds it's the fourth one, Rashi holds it's the third one. So Al-Kopanim, though, the, the idea here is, is that it did it twice, but it didn't kill him instantaneously. It was, they got really, really mortally wounded. And then eventually, they succumbed to death after the third goring, and now we realize that, that uh, it's all in the wood. 
says in another circumstance, you killed three animals. So it could become a muad because you see its, its, its vicious nature after it gores three times on these animals and kills animals. But it, you don't put it to death because it didn't kill a human being. Says the Gemara, there's a problem with that. If something establishes that it's a muad to kill animals, is that automatically a muad for killing people? It is not. And this goes back to Mar Dafes, Afamazain. Evidently, since it's more difficult, an autumn has a mazel, so it's more difficult to kill a human being. So therefore, just because an animal is, 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 is a muad for animals does not mean that it is a muad for people. And therefore Ravzvid is refuted. It killed three non-Jews. So it kills three non-Jews certainly is the same um, nature that it has that, that it has showed us. But at the same time, you don't put to death the ox unless it kills a Jew. It kills a guy, you don't put it to death. Says the Gemara, no, we object to that. Mu'ud, love the covenant, Mu'ud, the Yisrael. Is a Mu'ud for killing non-Jews automatically a Mu'ud for killing Jews? We assume it is not. Why? Because again, it's a very similar idea. There's a greater mazel, there's a greater protection for Am Yisrael. Very interesting idea. So even though if an ox is, is shown that it cores three times, three people, but if those three people were non-Jews, it wouldn't be automatically be a Mu'ud for Jews. So that scenario is also... Uh, does not work. It killed three people who are already trefos. Trefos is someone who has some sort of sickness, a defect, which is going to make them die. You know, a hole in the lung sort of thing. So, so if it, it, in such a case, it's not going to be put to death. What's the reason it doesn't get put to death? So the, the, the this you can always kind of think about it. That's a drush that the Gemara going to say. We'll touch about this on the Amid as well. That the, the same laws for executing a person for murder, that kind of applies to, to, to an animal also. So just as when a person kills a trefa, we don't kill him because he only killed the mixed astafish. He killed someone who was going to die anyway. They already had that defect there where he was going to die from that. So there's no, certainly it's not permitted to kill a trefa, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't warrant the death penalty. So so too when the ox cores a trefa, we're not going to stone him. However, certainly it has shown its true colors, which is that it has a uh, bad nature, so it could become a muad. Says the Gemara, the same obvious problem. Just because it, it, it gores three trefas doesn't mean, and kills them, doesn't mean it would be a muad for our whole people. Just because you can kill someone who is any, who is anyways very weak doesn't prove that you're a muad for someone who's who's regular, complete, healthy person. So that wouldn't be a case where it became a muad. Ella, Amar, Papa. The the case is that it killed a person, then it ran to a swamp. So in other words, before its its time in court came, it was um it was it was hidden. So the after the owner recaptures it, but the court had still not taken it back into into judgment. The Kaltavar Lama kills again and then runs back to the swamp. So it had not been executed for its crimes, but um but the owner the owner again gets it, so now he has to pay Kofar for the subsequent killings because clearly it has shown its nature to us, even though it happened to be alive. Says Amar, another possibility. The case is where you have Edom Zomen, who then we realize that the people who are who, who are Muslim them they were found to be Zomen. So like, what's the case? Well, let's just go through. You know, someone says, "Oh, you're Askors." Then Edom Zomen say, "How do you know that that guy's Askors? On that day, you were with us in a different place." So at that time, the owner resumes his Ask did not and come along Zomen Zomen, and they say to the people who were Muslim the first day, then they say, "How do you know that those witnesses weren't there when they were, you were with us in a different place?" So it really comes back out. After the Zomei Zomen last testimony is credited, what does it come out? That the first witnesses were correct. We have no reason not to trust them. And that it's very possible that the ox did gore. So that's how we didn't, we hadn't put the ox to death yet because 
it was um, at the, we didn't realize that the testimony was true at the time. But eventually, the testimony comes back to life all at the end, and the owner realizes that it has played it has three corns, and therefore um, it's going to pay over. Says the Gemara, this takes us back to the Dalat, honey, Khalid, the Torah, you know, shop. Remember, there are three, there are two different ways I understand why you need the three warnings. One is to make the ox a mood, one is to make the owner a mood. Is it the idea that the ox is, 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 is manifesting its colors, true nature, or is it the idea that the owner has to be keep repeatedly warned in order to make him a greater liability? So if you say it's about the ox, then it's good, even though the owner is realizing all at once that the owner, that the, his ox is gored three times, but that's fine. However, if you say the gaver being on that to make the person into a mode, he has to be warned three separate days that his ox is a gore, Maymar Amar Lake, then he could say, in this case, the Zomim and Zomim, loving it I didn't realize my ox had killed three times until now when the Adim Zomim became Hozam. And now the original testimony comes back. So therefore, you can't warn me now once on the three things and say, now your ox is a mode. Says the Gemara, no, it could work. The witnesses say that every time the ox killed, the owner was standing and saw it. So he can't claim that he was unaware that the ox was a gore. Yes, it's true. We might need in based in some sort of evidence that's only coming down. But the, if all part of the testimony is that the owner was there when it happened, so he can't say, I'm sorry, I was warned only once now, and therefore my ox is not a mood. Because part of the testimony is that you were standing right there each time. So if you were standing there each time, so you clearly should have known uh, to watch your ox better. Okay, so that, that case works. Says the Gemara, uh, another case where it could work. Again, we're trying to answer how can an ox become a muad uh, to kill people and it shouldn't be executed the first time that it kills someone. The witnesses come to testify in the first two corners and they only recognize the owner of the ox that killed, but they don't recognize the ox itself. In other words, they say, look, I don't know, Ruvain, which one from your herd killed, but I know that it was... Um, that it was one of them. They can't pinpoint which one it was. They know it's the same one also, I guess. But they're, they're unable to tell him which specific one it is. So they're able to warn the, 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 the owner that he has this bad ox in his herd, but, um, and, and then that it could court twice. And then, and then after the third time, then they're able to identify it as well. They say, oh, yeah, 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 that was the ox where they're looking at it. That, this bad, this one, they put a particular one, this is the one of the first two as well. So that's a case where we don't execute it for what I did the first time, so we didn't know which ox. Well, Amaiso became a muad. Says the Mormon, how could the owner have known? Meaning, what's the, what's the question? If he didn't know which animal was the muad until after the third time, you can't say he should have guarded that animal more carefully. He didn't know which one to guard. Says the Mormon, no, the witnesses say to him, you have a goring ox in your cattle. Just because you don't know which one, there's still a solution. You could guard all of them. You have to, in other words, if you know in your herd is a goring animal, so you should be more careful on all of them. Now is worked out possibilities of how to have an ox, which is a muad uh, for killing people and would take over. And nonetheless, it, it, it wasn't put to death after the first goring. So a whole bunch of different creative cases to work out that point. Alright, Zevzech, Hayev, and Misa, both of them we kill them. So now the Gemara is going to analyze the din of an ox which is stoned and executed for killing a person. The Pazik says that the ox is stoned and its meat should not be eaten. And it also says that the owner of the ox is clean. So Pshuto Shemekar is saying you stone it, and after you stone it, don't eat it. And it's also saying that the, uh, the owner doesn't have to pay anything for, further. Once it says that it should be stolen, in addition to Vela, I'm going to figure out it's an Avela. An Avela is an animal that dies without a proper Shechita. An Avela, Surab Achila, generally an Avela cannot be eaten. You're not allowed to eat animal meat unless it was shafted properly. So, why was it necessary for the Torah to say not to eat the meat? I wouldn't have been able to eat it anyways because of the Isra Avela. So, why do I need a new lav not to eat the meat? Anyways, I know not to eat it because it was stoned. 
So we learn from here, so the Torah is coming to tell us, let's say it was a Gemara Din, a verdict that it should be executed. And so the owner, you know, he quickly shafts it with a proper shkita before it could be stoned. How do I know that it shouldn't be eaten? I learned from here, it's forbidden to eat. Meaning once it had the sentence that it should be stoned, even if it was shafted, you cannot eat the meat. What a chiddush. I would say there's only usher to eat if I to eat if that happened, but I wouldn't necessarily learn that other forms of benefit are usher as well. Meaning, let's say I want to sell the meat. The Torah says that the owner of the ox is nucky; he's cleaned. So how do I see clean means that he has that that it's usher My mashma. The answer is like a person says to his friend, "This person was cleaned out of all of his money." Meaning, why? He has no benefit from them anymore. I think even in English we say that right? He's wiped out. So that's what that's the Malashandaki is coming to say. So we're interpreting that the Pasuk is saying, the meat is Asr and is Asr Rana. So as the Mamma, how do you know you got it right? He's saying that it's Asr if you shattered it after the Gmardin. Maybe really if you shattered after the Gmardin with a Shita, you actually could eat the meat. And Loyachos Pesar was only saying if, I, if it was stoned, then I can't eat. I can't eat it. I. What was our question? Did I know anyways? I can't eat it because it's an avila. No, maybe Loyachos Pesar was coming to tell me that it's even Asr and benefit. Now you're gonna have a problem. How does don't eat tell you not to have benefit again? Because I know not to eat because it's an avila. That's why that's we thought it must be talking about earlier. But now the Gemara is trying to say, no, maybe Lo Yachal is coming to say, not to have benefit after it's stoned. How will you tell us that? Because Rabbi Vo. Rabbi Vo tells us a famous rule in Pesachim. Wherever the Torah uses some word of eating. We assume eating is an example. Really what the Torah is answering is benefit. Until the Torah specifies otherwise, like it does by an Avela. By an Avela, it says, don't eat, rather, give it away to the Ger, or sell it to a non-Jew. So in certain cases, the Torah explicitly says, you may benefit from it. Don't, don't eat it. But unless the Torah tells you that, then you should assume that it's also to eat. That's the big rule of Rebbe Vol. So it's very gishmak. Rebbe Vol's rule should kick in here. Don't stone it. I would just know it's in the Vela. Don't eat it. But I would still assume it's Motabachila. Says the Torah, Lo Yeachel's Pesaro. They tell you it's even Asr Vahana. But again, maybe everything is only going after it's stone. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Vol's rule only applies if the Israchila is being learned from the words Layacho. So then I assume that the Israchila is an example and really it's an Israhana. I know not to eat it because anyway it's being stoned. So he's talking about the Khalilhas was Israhanov. All the Torah wanted to come to tell me was that it's also Rahana. Let the Torah say don't benefit. Inami Lu Ye Achel. It should not be eaten. Why is the Torah saying It's coming clearly to tell me even if he shafted it and he made it like meat, it's still Asr. So what's the point that the Gemara is making? The point the Gemara is making is that whenever I know it's Asr, and the Torah is just coming to say Ana, it's a weird way to tell me Ana by saying don't eat. Just say don't benefit. Normally, where the Torah is coming to, it's like a two for one. It's coming to tell me don't eat and don't benefit. Then it could say Lo Yachel. But here, the fact that the Torah said Lo Yachel, and I know it cannot be eaten already, it must be Lo Yachel is not going after it's stone. Rather, Lo Yachel is going even if it was shechted before it was stone. And the second point that the Gemara makes, we see that even clearer because it says Espesaro. Espesaro means if it was shechted as opposed to being stone, you still don't eat it. So what are we coming out? That as soon as there's a Gemaradin, as soon as there's a verdict on the ox, no matter what happens to it, whether it's stoned or not, even if it was shechted, it's totally also the
Maybe if he only he used a stone to make sure it was nice and sharp, and he slaughtered with the stone. What's the point he slaughtered with the stone? He did an action of shkita, which is also like an action of stoning. He killed the ox with a stone. There we say, that is also If you did something that's not like a, a stoning, you just shechle with a regular knife, maybe there's no isra on the meat. In other words, we're saying, yes, I agree. was telling me it's an isra on the meat. But maybe that's only if there's some element that is like a stoning which took place. But if they, you, you, you slaughtered it with a stone, but if I slaughtered it with a knife, then maybe it wouldn't be that way. Is the din of a shechita any different with a knife or a rock? It's shechting. And therefore, we don't assume that the halacha should be any different if you use a, a knife or if you use a stone. So Amri, and the Gemara proves that, someone shafts with any sort of sharp item, the shechita is good. So there's no basis to differentiate between what valid, what method of slaughtering I did. Slaughtering is slaughtering. And to say it's under a such shechita if I used a knife or if I used a, a rock, that's ridiculous. So we assume any shechita that I do would be also bechila ubana. So now that Leochos Pesaro alone should be able to tell me not to eat and not to benefit. Why what does it mean? Because Rabbi Vo's rule. Again, once we said that Leoch is talking about before that it was slaughtered, so now it's coming to tell me it's also Bakila. Rabbi Vo's rule should tell me it's also Asabahana from there. So Balashar Naki Lamali, why don't we need Balashar Naki? Before we were saying Balashar Naki is that he's wiped out, he has nothing from it, he has no benefit. But now we realize that really Leochos Pesaro alone should be able to teach me that. That is also Bakila Bahana before. And before it was it was stone. It says well, I know it's, or it's coming to tell me that you can't even benefit from the high. So I mean, I might think to say, "Pesach who also ran oh, maybe it's only the meat." The Torah said the word meat. Avo oro when it comes to the high industry about not being mutter and benefit. Tamil kamash malan balashar naki naki means completely wiped out, and the high is also possible. Says the Gemara. We're going to see, coming up, just be patient here, that there's someone, a Tana, who learns Balashar Naki to tell us something different. So the Quran wants to know, according to that Tana, and we'll get to him in a minute, well, how do I know not to benefit from the hide? He learns it from the word S. Bisaro. It didn't have to say the word S. S. A tafel of Bisaro. S. It kind of connotes that which is a tafel to the meat. Something which isn't the meat itself, but it goes with the meat. Mind you, or it's a reference to the hide. Says the Gemara. When the obvious point is, is that the person who learned Balashar Naki to exclude the hide must not dash an S, right? That must be what's going on. So the Gemara explains that there's really a machlokas whether you dash in the word S. Paitana S lo dash. This time, the learns from Balashar Naki not to use the hide, he doesn't expound. Ask it. The Tana says in the price of Shimon, I'm Sony, I'm Sony, I'm Sony, I'm Sony, I'm Sony, I'm Torah. These two Tanam used to explain every S in the Torah. Kimon Shikiel, S Hashem Lokachatira, Pirish. Once you reach the Pasad, S Hashem Lokachatira, you should fear S Hashem your God. He stopped because you cannot pause, like it would be blasphemy. What is possibly tafel to Hashem that the Pasuk is saying you should fear? There's nothing we can be level with Hashem, even on a tafel level that we could say the Pasuk is referring to. So therefore, he stopped expounding the word as he retracted every single drasha that he had made previously. A student said, What are you going to do with all those previous drashas you made? What's going to happen to them? The same way I have reward for dashing them originally. I get another sense of reward for withdrawing the drasha. Meaning Torah is not only outcome, right? Torah is process. So if you, you're, you're, you're realizing that what you said before was wrong, so you're getting scared for that. So it doesn't bother me so much. Include, it comes to include Torah scholars. So therefore, Rabbi Kiva does darshan that as he reinstated that mahalach.
Okay, so that's what's going on. Lamai says, so, so to hear, Eleichol Espeso, one thought of a doctrine has he'll include the hide, one thought of a he'll learn from Balashar Naki that the hide is also. So now we look at those Tanam who learn, learn something different from Balashar Naki. Tanarab on a Balashar Naki, Rabbalashar Omer, Naki Mechati Kofer. It means he's totally wiped out, wiped out even from half Kofer. So wiped out meaning Potter. It's coming to say an exemption. He's clean, like he's not liable. You would say if a Muad pays full Kofer, so maybe a Tom should pay half Kofer. Says the Pasuk, no. There's no liability at all for the t- for the tom animal that kills. You put it to death, but there's no payment. He doesn't have to pay a half a kofar. Remember, half kofar would only make sense even if it would be true to be paid from the body of the animal, because a tom always only pays megufa from the body of the animal. Now, how in the world would you ever have hypothetically collected? The half kofar from the body of the animal. What are we doing with the body? We're stoning it. So then, obviously, and it's going to be forbidden in benefit. So obviously, there's not going to be a benefit. So what he's saying is, have you the basic Let him bring it to the court and he'll pay you. Meaning, it's not a chiddush that you don't pay half kofar. You don't need a pasuk to say balashranaki that you don't pay half kofar on a tam. It would have been impossible to, because since I'm stoning the ox and 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 and, and it has no value, then it wouldn't be any payment. So why do I need the pasuk? Where Yikiva is like he's attacking why Rabbi Lazar needed the pasuk. They're in agreement that a tam does not pay half kofar. But what they're struggling with is why are you saying that there is a drasha to say that? So the Gemara says, Omar Abu Lazar, Am I that in your eyes? Meaning, do you think so little of me that it refers to this case where it's liable for death? I know that it's not necessary in a case where it's going to be executed, right? I'm not, he's saying, I'm, not, I'm no fool. I'm a step ahead of you. I know that. Imagine the case where the ox killed a person, but it was only established by the testimony of a single witness or the owner of the ox. Meaning, we don't know with two witnesses that it killed. In such a case, it would not be of the ox to be killed. Why? Because we don't put the ox to death unless there were two witnesses. So in that case, the ox is not going to be put to death. But nonetheless, it is sufficient to make him pay Kofar. Very interesting thing that the, the single witness would be able um, with monetary obligations, it would want the, this one aid would suffice. It's interesting, Allah, right? Normally you say like, no? so isn't it interesting here that the one aid is, is, is believed to make the guy pay over? It's an interesting idea. But that's what the Gemara assumes. So therefore, very good. If there's one witness, so he would have had to pay the kofar, but we wouldn't be stoning the ox. So in such a case, you need the pasuk to say that a tam doesn't pay half kofar. Says the Gemara, one of his examples was in, it was a witness. One example was where the Bailam admitted. So the witness is good, but Alpi Bailam, in the case where he admitted Modibah Kanas, isn't he admitting to a Kanas? What's the Allah? Modibah Kanas is Potter. Why are we assuming it's Modibah Kanas? Because it's, 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 um, it's possible that the Gemara is thinking because it's a tam, and remember the half payment might be a Kanas. Every, every time a half payment might be a Kanas. Yeah, but kofar is an atonement, meaning it's a special thing. You could get atonements. I would say he could is allowed to get the atonement, even though normally Moshe cannot potter. But here, kofar cuts kapar, so maybe he'd be allowed to get the atonement from admitting it. Okay, so it's necessary for the Torah to say he doesn't pay in that case. So what are we coming out? Not balashar naki, balashar dashar naki, mechatsi kofar. Rabbi Kiva said, why do I need the drasha? Obviously, it's being stoned. It has no value since you collect migufo. You don't need a pasuk. Rabbi Lazar answered back the first answer. Maybe it's necessary in a case where there's one witness. Says the Gemara, second price. You think I'm so nuts that I'm saying you need the drasha in the case where it's being killed? No. Where does my law apply? Imagine that I tried to kill an animal. And instead, it killed a person. The Mitzvah Vagishal tried to kill a guy, but it killed a Jew. And the Fallen Vagban came. I was trying to kill a non viable baby. Lamaisa killed a viable baby. So, in all these cases, the ox is not sentenced to death. 
but you could collect kofar from the ox itself. So let's understand. Why are you not killing the ox itself? Because again, you only kill the ox when you would kill a person. A person is only given the wet death penalty when he intended to kill someone that warrants the death penalty. If he did not intend for that, he was trying to kill someone else. And then by mistake, he killed the person that warrants the death penalty. You do not kill him. So here, you would not be killing the ox, but there is a kofar payment. And therefore, it's necessary in that case for the drusha to be had, that you don't pay half. So it comes out there's two separate answers. One is that it's necessary for a case where there's one witness. One is that it's necessary in a case where it tried to kill an animal. Hi, which trash, which response did Rabbi Lezer give to Rabbi Kiva first? Which, we have two answers. Where it intends to kill somebody else or there was one witness. So He said Miskavin first. Do you remember He said the case of Hamas um, where, where it was done by one witness. So just to understand, it sounds like it's like the, the better case the stronger answer is the second, the second one that we're giving. The weaker answer is the first one because there it's the same killing. It's just how many witnesses you have. The second answer is like a different case of killing. So it's necessary for that case. The first one is more of like a loophole in the halacha. So the Gemara explains why he would say the weaker answer first or why he would say the better answer first. He said the better answer first. Why? Sometimes you have the fisherman who's catching fish from the sea. So he doesn't know how much space he has. What does he do? He finds a large fish. He takes them first. And only afterwards, he finds small fish. He would take them. You want to make sure that the, to get all you can go, you go for the better, the best thing first. So even though he had already, he already given an answer, but you want to give, you want to give something else um, even though it wasn't as compelling. So he gave his better answer first and his, and his weaker answer second. No, he said the better answer first. I'm sorry. He said the weaker answer first, where was the ox killing with one witness? Why would you say the weaker answer first? You have a trapper fishing fish. You have small ones, you take them first because you don't know if you're going to get something better. Okay, so at least I know I have the small fish. But then I find the large fish, so what do I do? I throw away the small ones and I take the bigger ones. So so do here. You say your small, your weaker answer first. Okay, let me at least get an answer out, and then we'll see if we have the better answer first. And I'll go in for the kill with the better answer. Such an interesting philosophy here. So you start with your best, you start with your worst. That's what the like the fishermen two different approaches, two different answers. But what do we have? They're teaching us is potter from Tom paying Chetzi Kofar Rabbi Kiva is fatayne. Why didn't either drush was only telling me Kufa? Obviously, you wouldn't collect if it has no value. One of two answers: either a kill up Echad, or the case is that it was misguided to kill an animal and it killed a person.